here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. Rob McCarron. Hashtag authority. Hashtag Steph Bouncy. Hashtag SmackDown 15. Jeff Hawkins. You done digging that hole? You're listening to Shake Them Ropes with Rob McCarron and Jeff Hawkins. Dance on your grave, dirt sheet writer. Life is thickly sown with thorns, and I know no other remedy than to pass quickly through them. The longer we dwell on our misfortunes, the greater is their power to harm us. Voltaire. Today on Shake Them Ropes, all of my opinions you will later hear on more popular podcasts. Clash of Champions, a Raw that did nothing but waste time. Smackdown highlighting Miz and Dolph Ziggler. Hey, it played in Cleveland. A nothing if not interesting talking smack to follow. And our top 100 match to see before you die from 1989 Chi-Town Rumble, Ric Flair versus Ricky the Dragon Steamboat in a no. absolutely fantastic... What? Today's match is the Wrestle War 1989 match, sir. Fuck, I watched the wrong match. <laughs> I which watched is, the which wrong is fucking match. Which is actually okay, as we'll get to it, because I didn't so much want to talk about this match specifically this week since the Chi-Town Rumble match was happening at number 11 just in a, uh, a, you know two months from now. God damn it. It's all right. It's okay. I'm sorry. It's okay. <laughs> I knew, first of all, you texted me, and hello, welcome to Shake Them Ropes, everybody. Episode 176, Rob McCarron, Jeff Hawkins oh, is the voice you just heard. Like that. Um, you texted me uh, last week, I believe. It was right after we recorded episode 175. You texted me, hey, interesting yeah. thing to watch before the Chi-Town Rumble. I should have known just then. I should have known that you had the matches mixed up. And maybe uh, and maybe we said the the wrong match on last week's show. I don't remember we us did. doing that. I don't know we if we did because you know why you got that text was because you plugged it. Uh-huh. You plugged the match, and I said I need to unwind. I'm going to watch the match now. So I go and I watch Chi Town Rumble. I don't know if that's accurate. I think it is. I don't know if that's accurate. All right, let, let's get to the bigger issues here. We have so many bigger issues. First of all, also to take issue with something you said in the entrance. What the hell podcast is more popular than us? <laughs> All the ones that are listed on Rolling Stone and ones that David Shoemaker leaves before going to Bill Simmons's thing. I want to I want to tell all of you the the listeners out there who are listening to this the Shake Them Ropes podcast, especially the ones who were with us uh, before we had a name and the ones who were with us before we were at Voices of Wrestling. Uh yes. We started out super small. We had like 15 downloads, 15 downloads for like the first five episodes. Super small. Now we're much, much higher than that. Mm-hmm. I, I thank all of you who have listened when we were small, who have listened as we've grown to a little bit bigger. Yeah, we're not the biggest podcast out there. No one's saying we are. Duh. But Jeff Hawkins, mm-hmm. you had a quote on Twitter that was then stolen by this little ESPN podcast well, called Cheap Heat. Well, oh, 
Well, it, it was, I'll say, a tr- not not attributed to me until later. Okay, the Cheap Heat one eventually got around to it, and then they called me a mark, which pissed me off. I'm like, oh, there's a backhanded compliment. Thanks a lot. Our own sister podcast, the flagship, Joe Lanza quoted me, and with the attribution of the same as two other podcasts, I can't remember who said it. Ryan Satin also did not attribute because he couldn't remember. This is all fine. You will hear the hot takes you will hear on other podcasts here from your boy here. Yeah. It's also and fine because it's not as if that quote was really something special. No, oh, it was great. I got a oh, lot of play. Yeah. On that quote. Let me put you that. No, it was great and insightful. And that's rare for me because usually I'm just stupid and funny. So, <laughs> oh God, that's going to be a drop. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> it's, we're going to hit clash of champions real quick here. Here's my insightful comment about that. And I'll get your opinion on it. Clash of champions. As we did in the preview, I said, there's going to be a lot of schmas finishes. We'll probably get Stephanie and, and Hunter together. So I nailed those. But in looking back on it, all this was, was to highlight the clean win and title change of Roman reigns for the U S title, right? Sure. I mean, that was the whole point of how they booked this thing in terms of everything else was just a wonky finish and continues on as a feud, kind of. I don't know why they just didn't do it on the last pay-per-view unless they needed something because, yeah, here we were headed into Raw's first brand split pay-per-view and they could go longer. Uh, there's There's been a couple of instances, um, the Dolph Ziggler and the Miz stuff maybe even being one of them, where they seemingly held off stuff at battleground and you know the pay-per-views leading up to the brand split so that they could have things for the brand split pay-per-views knowing that they had only half the roster to work with and yeah the roman reigns and rusev thing might have been one of them uh i like i like the match i like the uh i actually like the follow-up on raw even though yeah it was a double count out but hey you got 30 minutes of really good wrestling between really two uh two really good guys and also the fans watching on youtube seem to like it too because that Rusev Roman Reigns uh, clip, the three-minute clip of their U.S. title rematch on Raw, is the most viewed clip from Raw and SmackDown this week at over yeah, big, a million views. Yeah, big deal. It's a three-minute clip. It should be popular as opposed to watching thirty minutes for a double countout. Right, but all these clips are all these clips are short. Off, they're all short. It's and they're competing also with you know everything that Randy Orton Bray Wyatt did, everything that the Cruiserweights did, everything even with Kevin Owens and uh, and Chris Jericho. I mean, but Roman Reigns is a draw, right? Oh, really? He is. Listen, Roman Reigns is a draw. He's drawn millions of you, literally millions of viewers to the WWE YouTube page. Mm hmm. Well, the wrestling on Clash of Champions was great. It's just it I was. didn't understand. I didn't understand the logic of some of the moves they made in terms of the endings. I mean, the, the, you know, we said Anderson Gallows needed the tag titles. That's not going to happen. It appears and it appears they're going to move on as well. So what happens to them? I mean, Charlotte and and, you know, Sasha, that's, you know, are going to move on. We kind of expected that maybe. You know, until we get to Dana, I guess. You know, everything kind of stayed status quo except that. So, I mean, it was fine wrestling, it, but if if you like just wrestling, which you do, you well, 
for our top 100, you just go directly to the matches. You don't watch angles or anything. So it's kind of it's kind of catered to that audience. I, I, I guess. yes, you go to the angles and the matches, and I go to the correct matches. Well, you you look. This is not you, even. I, I'm not trying to harp on you because I really it's fine that you I'm watch angry. the wrong one. I am literally angry because I'm usually show prep is yes. something I like to have, and also the show fact prep that I'm is blaming, what you do. That I'm blaming you. Oh well, it's not my fault. Steering me wrong. I asked it on the Twitter poll at Shake Them Ropes. Did you Rob announce Twitter poll? You did Rob announce the wrong Flair versus Steamboat for this week's top 100 match last week on STR 175? Yes. Have they gone, have they gone no. back and listened to the show to see if you did, or are they just going on what they think? I just assume everyone remembers. Everyone. All right, let's just let's just get off of me for a while and talk about whatever you want to talk about here. Also <laughs> up on the poll at Shake Them Ropes, Sister Hazel's All For You. Great song or greatest song? 77% say great song. You can follow those polls at Shake Them Ropes. John Cena's back, Jeff. Yeah. John Cena is back with a vengeance. He want he, he still no reason for him to get this title shot. He lost to Dean Ambrose clean and he lost to AJ Styles clean, but John Cena nevertheless in the main event of No Mercy. But other than that, they're putting him in the main event. You got this three-way match. You had the ending to SmackDown where AJ Styles beats Dean Ambrose in a singles match for the world title. And John Cena comes out looking strong, AAing everybody, and then goes on talking smack. Did you see this talking smack, Jeff? I did. John Cena is the greatest of all time. Okay. Um, I'm going to temper that a little. I liked the promo as it was. Don't get me wrong. I think, and, and yeah, Talking Smack is the best show on there. It's a live promo class, so to speak, because Becky Lynch was fantastic on there too, I thought. There's something that bothered me about the promo, looking back on it, and I, I want to play this off of you. I like the builds for the fights. I like the peek into realness that Talking Smack does from time to time. But the goal of John Cena to be champion here isn't necessarily, you know, it's the Ric Flair record on one hand. But the feud is not built up by him being the champ and about him getting the money and the prestige and whatnot. A lot of this feud is built on what the company thinks about him and all he can do for the company. And this is something that tears down Raw because on Raw, all the all the WWE politics, so to speak, on screen, WWE is the heel. It's the bad guy. Whereas when John Cena talks about him, they're the good guy. And I just think this this kind of it disconnects me a lot from these feuds when you're when you're fighting over the love of the corporate executives rather than for the quote-unquote title, so to speak. And that's partly what bugged me about this promo. I thought it was a great promo, but there was that underlying WWE speak, so to speak, where, I mean, your main event feuds in your women's division and on Raw are both about corporate crap. You know, do, do the, for, for Owens and Rollins, it's, it's they want the love of Stephanie and Hunter, and for the women's division, it's about being the face of the division, you know, which is, you know, not the title necessarily, you know, and being rich and getting money and, you know, all the things that come with it. Yeah, you get that being, you know, loved by the corporate executives, but there's that extra step there in getting their approval. That's what got me out of there. And do I have a valid point here? Or no. I mean, maybe a little bit, but John Cena wants to win the title to hold the record. 
Yes, I get that. And that part, that part when he was on, that was great, but he was going into, you know, also keep in mind that no one watches talking smack as popular as it is, as uh, well liked as it is. No one watches it. So they may on the YouTube when they go, maybe. Yeah. And they might see the small little clip, the two minute clip of John Cena. Um, But as far as watching the whole show and watching the entire uh, stuff that John Cena is doing, I I bet a good portion of our listeners uh, watch that because we're, you know, our podcast is, is marketed to those who follow WWE more than just watching it three hours a yeah, week. Yeah, but but all those cheap heat people don't. <laughs> that may be true. That may be true. Uh, yeah, I, I think, uh, oh, well, John Cena on the SmackDown show, and I'm not even just talking Talking Smack. Yeah, John Cena was great on Talking Smack. You know, mm-hmm. cutting Dean Ambrose down, saying the same things that Steve Austin did about Dean Ambrose, and honestly, a lot of the stuff is true. You watch it, and you're like, you can't not see it anymore. You're, you're seeing Dean Ambrose hold himself back a little bit and maybe be a little too uh, too goofy in certain ways and not really drive the championship home. Oh, but uh, his promo last week did a lot for him, I think. Yeah, yeah, and it's helping. He's getting better. I mean, especially when he's, you know, putting his hand in John Cena's face and he's going toe-to-toe. I, I Like, this has motivated Dean Ambrose. I think mm-hmm. it helped to get Dean Ambrose away from Seth Rollins and Roman Reigns to feud with someone else who might push him up a little bit more because look at... You know, Seth Rollins seems pretty confident. Seth Rollins seems like a guy like a Triple H, a young Triple H, who's going to be the top guy someday, and he believes he should be. Whereas Roman Reigns is afraid of his own shadow. He's afraid of making the wrong mistake. He's afraid of uh, of not following word for word and line from line in the script. He wants to make sure that he does what he's supposed to do and does not have instinct to do anything different, even if that anything different may be better. John Cena ain't afraid of shit. And Dean Ambrose is going to start getting that rubbing off on him. And Dean Ambrose is going to be all the better for it. Okay. I'm really looking forward to this triple threat. I mean, John Cena is getting kind of the uh, Derek Jeter in the all-star game on his way out type of uh, type of move here. He's getting the world title shot from the GMs when he really doesn't deserve it whatsoever. Do you think John Cena and we're we're still a week away and we'll preview. I mean, think about this, Jeff. We're a week and a half away from another WWE pay-per-view already. <laughs> we got no mercy preview next week on this show already. We just talked about clash of champions. We just previewed backlash. I mean, it feels like three weeks ago. I think it was, we previewed backlash of all things. And here we are next week. We're going to be talking about no mercy. And then two weeks after that, we're going to be talking about hell in a cell. And then two weeks after that, we're going to be talking about survivor series and NXT and then two weeks after that, we're going to be talking about how uh, how Raw is heading into the holidays with I don't even know what. Triple H, maybe? There's a question for you. Does Triple H appear on WWE Raw before December, Jeff? Yes or no? Yes. You think he's coming <laughs> soon or you think he comes maybe the Raw after Survivor Series? Oh, I think he's coming sooner than later. Really? Mm-hmm. Low ratings. Get past this election cycle, perhaps. Well, that's okay, but then you get into mid-November, so that's still a month and a half away. But isn't the low ratings aspect a reason why some some who believe they're on the inside think that Triple H won't appear on Raw because he doesn't want to be a guy on a low-rated show? And when he does appear, he wants to make himself the reason why ratings were better? So maybe you wait until football season is at the end or even over? Okay, that's a valid point. I, you know what? I but I but look. Th- I don't know why they showed him on the quote unquote net, not on the network, but on the web page after this clash of champions that just made, it made no sense to me in many ways. 
Unless they're going to keep him off, I guess. I mean, so you've kind of talked me into it. Speaking of conspiracy theories, this is something I put out there earlier today when I was in the other neighborhood. I want to put this by you. Is it possible that one of the reasons, just one, it doesn't have to be the main reason, that we don't see a lot of Shane and Daniel Bryan on SmackDown is because of their intense popularity with the people and they want the focus to be on the management figures on Raw? I think they just want a little bit something different with the show. I think part of it is the fact that Shane's not always there. Uh, part of it is, you know, Daniel Bryan, yes, he's there, but they have that talking smack show. So you get to see plenty of him afterwards. He's kind of like a panelist at this point, more than an on TV character. I, and you want to have a differentiator. I mean, raw and SmackDown are going to be different and that's one way you can make it seem more different when you have okay. Mick Foley and Stephanie all over one show. And then the GMs aren't all over the other show, uh, as you tweeted out and it got retweeted by cheap heat in live real time. Uh, you, you have the wrestling show on Tuesdays. You have mm-hmm. AJ Styles highlighting the wrestling show, even though there's plenty of good wrestling on Raw, as experienced by the cruiserweight division, as experienced by Sheamus and Cesaro, as experienced by Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn. There's a lot of wrestling on the Raw show, but SmackDown still feels like the wrestling show. Yeah, and, and Raw feels like the show about wrestling. Yeah, yeah, yeah yes. Uh, way to get your get your hot take in there one more time. Getting my shit in. Uh, you got to get your shit in. You got to do it. Uh, yeah, it's 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 very interesting how they're doing that. I don't know if that's going to be a regular thing. I mean, maybe we'll start seeing more Shane when he's on, you know, at Tuesday's show. Maybe he'll be on it all over the place. I don't know. But you're right. We're not seeing that as much. Uh, what we also are seeing on the show is this week's sponsor is Dollar Shave Club. Jeff Dollar Shave Club is with us for another week. We are happy to have him. Guys, you don't need to choose between price and quality to get an amazing and affordable shave. DollarShaveClub.com is the answer. And to prove how amazing their shave really is right now, they are going to give you your first month free. Join the club with your first month free at DollarShaveClub.com slash ropes. DollarShaveClub.com slash ropes. You can get a first class, shave, first class shave when you use the executive blade. And when you use it with Dr. Carver's shave butter, which is Jeff's favorite, is it not? Continue. I got I got something to say. <laughs> you, he's still mad that I didn't give him the free Dr. Carver shave butter. Look, but look, Jeff, you, you guys, can... hold on, hold on. When you go and, and you tweet Dollar Shave Club and you tell them how much you love them and how much they're how much it means to them that you are sponsoring this podcast, you tell them to send at Crap Game Thirteen a gallon of Dr. Carver shave butter, please. Because Rob is stingy. Yeah, I'm stingy, but I love it. I've, I've used almost half the bottle already. Cause I just oh, love I'm it sure so much. Have. Oh, I do. Shut I really just do. Keep just keep going. Dr. Carver shave butter is the bees knees. Jeff, you can get your first month free by going to dollarshaveclubcom slash ropes. And you can join in with over 3 million members like me, like rich Krejci of the voices of wrestling podcast who love dollar shave club. Dollar shave club is so confident in the quality of all their products. You can get your first month free at the club, dollarshaveclub.com slash ropes. You just pay shipping, and after that, it's just a few bucks a month. There is no long-term commitment, no long-term commitment, but they are confident you are going to love it, and there's no hidden fees to join up, guys, so there's no reason not to do it. Get your free month right now at dollarshaveclub.com slash ropes. That's dollarshaveclub.com slash ropes. And with that out of the way, it is time to talk about the most important thing that actually happened on SmackDown. Jeff, face the facts. (laughs) 
no. I'm a hot mess right now. Um, <laughs> well, you could you could relieve oh, that hot God, mess I by shaving this. with I... Dr. Carver shave butter. Oh, you can, <laughs> Jeff, you can. Kurt Hawkins is coming. Kurt Hawkins is coming, and it seems like next week he's going to make a big Kurt Hawkins announcement. I hope he is killed dead on his one appearance on SmackDown. Okay, what's the joke you want to tell here so we can get on to important? I don't stuff have a, I don't have a joke. We're, it's obviously okay. not the most important thing on SmackDown by any means, but I did want to get into it because Kurt Hawkins is running through these segments, and it finally dawned on me. That they weren't trying to make a Kurt Hawkins character here. They no, realize Kurt Hawkins is a loser. They realize he's ex- a dork. It's an extended bit. It, it, it's, it's a huge bit. And I hope that Kurt Hawkins is in on it. Because yes, and I'm actually, now I am interested to see where this goes with Kurt Hawkins. I don't think he's going to be a big character by any means. Hopefully he turns out better no. than Jinder Mahal. Because that one's just a disaster on the raw side. But you know, Kurt Hawkins is coming back and he's going to be a joke and it's, it's starting to get a little funny. I mean, he's going out there doing it all is. these face the facts uh, campaigns. He's telling all this stupid stuff and it's so campy and it's so obviously uh, some kind of rib either on him or on someone who says face the facts backstage, but it is getting to be a little funny here. It's it's an addendum to the law of three in comedy where they always say, you know, you do things in three and that third one should be your funniest. But there's also something called the law of three and 37, where if you just if you say something so many times, like 37, even no matter how stupid it is, if you just keep repeating the same joke over and over and over again, it eventually wears down people to the point where it just becomes hilarious. This is what that is. It's wearing me down. It's wearing me down. It's becoming hilarious because you have next week, this big announcement. No, when I, when he was going through this, uh, this little bit, I thought, of course, next week was going to be the debut, but it's probably not going to be, it's going to be a big Kurt Hawkins announcement. At which point he may announce that he's going to make an announcement at his debut the next time. And then we finally get the debut after that. I see at least three or four big Kurt Hawkins announcements before we actually see him wrestle. And maybe we don't even see him wrestle to the Royal rumble. Jeff, could this go all the way until late January? This is the Eva Marie bit all over again. It is, because we don't have Eva Marie to do it, so now we have to have Kurt Hawkins doing it. Ever again. I don't think she's coming back. You don't think she's coming back one bit? Look, she's dyed her hair. She's moved on to marketing her other outside gimmicks. I don't think she's coming back. I think she's done with WWE for good? Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. In terms of wrestling, she may be sent out there as like a uh, spokesperson representative, but yeah, you're not going to see her on camera, I don't think. Jeff, then what are we going to do uh, next week or maybe in the future? We should probably plan this a little bit more. The Shake Them Ropes Eva Marie Memorial episode celebrating her <laughs> long and luxurious career. Um, because, I mean, let's face it, she was in WWE for about four years, right? Maybe even more. Is four years too low? Was she in WWE for longer than that? I Maybe longer because of the Divas yeah, search, ta- whatever year that was. That's right. I'm going to figure this out because four years seems both too long and too short at the same time. Maybe get the rights to boys to men's. It's so hard to say goodbye to yesterday. Yeah. We'll play that. It'll be great. She signed her contract. She signed her contract in 2013. So three years. Flavor God to sponsor. It'll be great. Natalie, Eva, Marie Coyle. Apparently she's married. She's now married. Yes. The thing that was on total deals that I didn't uh, watch. 
She is married to the proprietor of Flavor God Seasoning. So, yes. Is that what she uh, has dyed her hair and started to promote now? No, she's she's promoting. She has like a little boutique uh, fashion thing here in Southern California that she's starting to promote in addition to some philanthropic endeavors. But it's, I think it's like NEM fashion or something to that effect. Okay. Well, hey, good for her. I mean, if she doesn't want to wrestle anymore and they don't want her in WWE, I mean, and she has other projects, obviously good for her. I'm a little bit surprised that if she does leave WWE and JoJo is still around, just considering that year after the diva search where JoJo just wasn't anywhere to be seen. Uh, I'm surprised JoJo was the one that outlasted Eva Marie, really. Yeah, but their roles were different. Oh, I know that. I know that. And look at JoJo now. She is WWE's number one announcer. She's the number one ring announcer in WWE after the most turmoiled year in WWE announcing. You have Justin Roberts leave, I think, about two years ago. Uh, Oh, he didn't leave. He was was forced out. (laughs) He was canned, yeah. You don't have Tony Schimmel doing the ring announcements. Greg Hamilton has moved from being the NXT host up to the main roster. You have a lot of Mm -hmm. turmoil, and now JoJo is WWE's number one ring announcer. That is surprising to me, just how quickly that happened. Yes. yes. And she's getting better. She's not bad by any means. She's getting no. better. Uh, you have Brandy Rhodes leaving, of course. Uh, so there was a lot of turmoil going on with the WWE announce crew. Uh, but no, let's... Uh, actually, before we talk about the true best thing on SmackDown... Okay. The Royal Rumble in 2017... Uh, doesn't look like it's happening in Los Angeles, although maybe it still could be. Might be announced Monday. Could be. Yeah. You have Raw in Los Angeles, TJ Perkins home. Uh, we found out this week it probably wasn't going to be Chicago. I was holding out hope it might be in Chicago, but Chicago uh, got a a Raw and SmackDown of Christmas week. Raw and SmackDown of Christmas week. Big shows yeah, and, in Chicago. And enjoy, enjoy the cold, guys. <laughs> Yeah, well, they usually have, they are usually in the Detroit and Chicago area on Christmas, as well as the split screw, uh, split crew in New York and uh, New England. So they're always in cold weather on Christmas. They always are. Uh, Christmas Day is going to be a Sunday uh, and mm-hmm. and Christmas, the obviously the night after is that Monday. So I think they're in Chicago, the 26th and 27th, both nights, Raw and SmackDown in Chicago. So unlikely that just a month later, they would also be at the Royal Rumble. Are you still holding out hope that it could be at Los Angeles? And if it is in Los Angeles, Jeff, do you plan on attending? I might. Yeah, I, I'd love to go see the Rumble. I've never seen a Rumble live. So the, yeah, I've never awesome. seen a Rumble live. And that would be if I could go to one wrestling event, one wrestling event at all. The Royal Rumble is the one I would want to go to even mm-hmm. more so than WrestleMania, I think. Yes, I agree. I think they're better shows. I think it's more fun. It's more of a fun, surprise filled type of thing now. Miz and Dolph Ziggler. Oh, yes. Yes, yes, yes. This was the best thing on SmackDown. This is the best thing. If, you know, new segment here, the best of the week. Miz, Dolph Ziggler. This is the first inaugural best of the week on Shake Them Ropes because this Miz and this Dolph Ziggler, both of them were absolutely fantastic on SmackDown. You had essentially Dolph Ziggler comes out wanting another championship shot, wanting another title shot, another championship opportunity to use WWE vernacular. He wants another Intercontinental title shot. He's failed twice, immediately following his failure at the world title uh, against Dean Ambrose. This guy's a failure lately, and he realizes it, but he wants another shot. He needs to prove it not only to himself, but to the people. So Dolph Ziggler comes out and challenges Miz one more time for the title. But knowing that Miz just won't say yes, and knowing that he really doesn't deserve another shot, 
he decides, you know what? I'm putting up my career. I'm not putting up my SmackDown contract. I'm not putting up my WWE. Uh, I'm putting up my career, my entire career up against you, Miz, to get a, another Intercontinental Championship shot because not only is the title important, but winning is important and showing the fans that I can still win big matches is important. I thought Dolph Ziggler was absolutely phenomenal here in not looking like he was reading off a script, but showing vulnerability, showing the fact that he he knew what he was saying and he knew that there was a little bit of himself that doesn't know if he's 100% confident in winning this championship. He knows very well he could be losing his career, but that's how desperate he was for this title shot. What do you think about Dolph Ziggler here? It's his best acting job. It's by it, far his best acting job. For, for, for me, it was he actually felt what he was saying and it matched his tone. When he gets angry, he likes to yell a lot. And it doesn't really, his anger doesn't really come through more than the volume. Here, his voice was cracking a bit. And I kind of posit that he, look, we know that wrestlers in various companies watch the stuff that gets good press or good tweets or gets, you know, some sort of buzz around it. I think it wasn't a direct copy, but it was at least a bit of an homage to the tone of the Christopher Daniels ROH All-Star Weekend promo quite a bit. Um, but, you know, as a promo itself, yeah, no, he was phenomenal. And oddly enough, as phenomenal as he was, second best guy amongst the two of them, because I thought Miz was perfect. Mrs. I thought everything about this oh, was perfect. Yeah. As soon, because Miz is dismissing Dolph Ziggler, of course, yes. until Dean or until Dolph drops the line about how he'll put up his career and Miz stops mid strut yes. away from the ring and does a real life reaction of what you would do if you heard someone do that. Like that's kind of like that little, you know, he puts his head down with the eyes looking up. Are you sure? It's did, like, did I hear yes. what you, I think you so, said? So evil. Because he's, oh, yeah. are you, uh, oh, I finally got you where I want you. And then he's walking towards the ring and he, he kind of picks up the pace as he gets closer to the ring because he wants to make sure that Dolph can't walk out of this. Uh, yeah, I, as great as Dolph Ziggler was, and that's kind of why it's why I went on that first. As great as Dolph Ziggler was, and this was his best acting job, because a lot of times he's really bad at it. Let's face it. He's bad at acting. Whereas Miz is really good sometimes. But this may have also been some of Miz's best work. His oh, strut would, back I to would. the ring. Yes, his his getting in Dolph Ziggler's face, his realizing that he just made Dolph Ziggler put up his career. So obviously he's in the driver's seat. Mm -hmm. Uh, It was absolutely fantastic. And this was the best thing on WWE TV all week, including Clash of Champions. Oh, God, yes. I mean, it it blew everything away this week. And and plus everything about this came together from Mrs. Look, his outfit, Maurice being in, in front of him so that to protect him, so to speak, kind of the old Jimmy Garvin precious move or baby doll and Tully Blanchard, which I dig. Uh, the video package that they played was perfect and perfect timing. Everything about this made Miz look like a million dollar main event star, in my opinion. And it's, and it's weird that they're doing this for both the secondary belts on both titles, because on this show, it's getting across so great, even though we were initially skeptical. Uh, of it, but we'll, we'll go, we'll, we'll, I think we'll probably pontificate on what we think is going to happen here. But as far as what this did this week, this was, this was so good. I have fears. They may take Miz over to raw. That's how good it was. 
we keep uh we keep thinking that this whole Miz uh, transition, but if they were going to move Miz to Raw, they wouldn't have done that weird twiddle, Twitter angle last week about the Miz contract situation where he all of a sudden just signs. Unless, Jeff, it's a sign and trade. Yeah, I'm not going to go into that. I was just thinking the star power was enough where Vince was going to say, well, we need that on the flagship show type of thing. If Daniel Bryan can uh, can get the coup of trading the Miz to Raw for the entire Cruiserweight division. Yes. Yeah. Although wouldn't that uh wouldn't that kind of devalue the Cruiserweight division like literally six guys are worth one Miz? Let let's let's stay on this Cruiserweight division real quick. Sure. Week 2. And they're uh, <laughs> the way that they are marketing these guys is horrible. It's, it's all the same, you know, it's like, you remember the scene in Pulp Fiction where, where Winston Wolf has the notepad and he's taking notes on Jules and Vincent and what they are. That's what they no, have for these. I've never okay. seen Pulp Fiction. You're kidding. No, is that, is, that a, is that a problem? It's just one of the greatest movies of the nineties. That's all. And people um, say it and I like Quentin Tarantino. I just have never, uh, I don't know. I just, anyways, look, look, we know Rich Swan. Likes to dance, likes to have fun. Yep. Cedric, Cedric Alexander, lost weight. Brian Kendrick, old guy. <laughs> TJ Perkins, homeless, happy to be here. It's hitting these same notes week after week. Who else was in it? Lince Dorado, luchador. Yeah, you know, <laughs> kind of. From New Hampshire. From New Hampshire. Drew Gulak, tough guy. You know, they just keep hitting these same, even though these two weren't on the thing. I was thinking more Cedric and Rich Swan, which also just the dancing thing and the having fun. It's such a slightly racially insensitive to me, especially the way that they're very similar to how the New Day started out being portrayed in many ways. I, I just, I get bothered by that and it's not really progressing anything and that tj perkins promo where it's where it's like i'm just really happy to be here okay we got that last week you know they they do this to put themselves over as a company that everybody wants to work here and everybody this is the goal of everybody and it's like yeah we keep hearing that from bailey week after week we keep hearing that from tj perkins week after week let's get some real character development in here guys Instead of just buzzwords that we should remember to remember them, even though it's part of the conditioning and I harp on their conditioning a lot. Now they did some good video packages here um, to temper my criticism. Let's put it that way. I mean, they, they finally, you know, they introduced who Tony Nice and Drew Gulak were in many ways I, better than they did the other four. I'm an, I must also say that the way you say Drew Gulak Sounds like the most derogatory term, and I don't even know who you, it would be derogatory against. Gulak. I wasn't. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. I guess no. That it's makes fine. Up I mean, <laughs> you're saying his name. I'm just. I'm making a comment about how how his name just sounds like it should be offensive to somebody. Like you're well, you're calling someone a gulak. It's it's like my it's like my Tommaso Champa. <laughs> and that's the right way to say his name, Tommaso Champa. Rhymes Champa. with Tampa. No, it's Champa. It's Champa. <laughs> Okay. Well, anyways, that that's my piece on it. I, I I I yield the floor to you, Senator. You yield the floor to me, and what do I do with it? I don't about know. the cruiser. Say something about the cruiserweights. Expound I mean, on I, my opinion. I, I like the T.J. Perkins Brian Kendrick match. It was really good. I yeah, it was fine. 
I may not be the biggest fan of TJ Perkins ever, but he's done really well so far. And I thought his run in the Cruiserweight Classic was fantastic, as we've addressed on this very show. I'm interested to see what happens. And, you know, I here it is like the fourth thing in WWE I'm, quote, interested to see. But I want to know what happens after Brian Kendrick uh, is done with TJ Perkins. I want to see what's next for TJ Perkins, because every guy in the Cruiserweight division is pretty much a babyface. Brian Kendrick's the only heel in the division. And I know he had Drew Gulak in there and Lindsay Dorado and Drew Gulak kind of can play a little heelish, but he's not signed to WWE. He came in for the one shot. He may be back again. We'll see. But he's not a WWE guy. He's not getting a cruiserweight championship run. He's not getting a cruiserweight championship buildup to a title match at a pay-per-view. Who is next after Brian Kendrick? Unless Brian Kendrick does end up winning the cruiserweight title. I want to know who's next. And that's why I'll keep watching because I do want to see what they do with this cruiserweight division. I don't think anything has been awful yet. Um, I know the crowd's not reacting very well to duplicate cruiserweight matches. And we've talked about that on this show, how that might be trouble. How are they going to have one cruiserweight match on a show? Or are they going to try to spread the cruiserweight division out throughout the show? And with everyone being a no name for the casual fans right now, how will that turn out? And so far after week two, it hasn't turned out really well because people are not caring about the cruiserweight champion. They're not caring about the top contenders and they're not caring about really good cruiserweight tag team matches. So you know, they have some building to do. Oh yeah. They, they, the CM Punk chant during clash of champions just broke my heart and really did. Um, cause that's just the epitome. Ch- it's the epitome of the crowd, just not caring and uh-huh. wanting to do something else to enjoy their time. Yeah. Um, what do you think of TJ's entrance? I think the entrance is super cool. That entrance is awesome. The music like it sounds fun. It's like I, it, it's like puro, like like Japanese wrestling style, where it's just goofy and and fun. Yeah, I like the uh, I like the video game motif. I, I'd get rid of the big HP in terms of the hit points or whatnot. I, yeah. That that that's kind of goofy, but I like like the selection screen and just the the digitized version of him on the on the ramp is really cool when he's walking down. I think that's sweet. Yeah, no, now, I, I like it a lot. I'm not a big gamer. I know that I'm an old man. I'm not a big gamer. Um, you're, you're old. I'm Jeez. super old. I'm the oldest one on the show, right? Continue. <laughs> the answer is no, folks. I am not. Um, if you're going to do the HP, and maybe this is nitpicking, and maybe this means nothing. Power if you're bar? going... If you're going, yes, have a power bar or have hit points 100 or something. Why? It's just HP and then blank. Like he's out of hit points. He has none. He yeah. hasn't collected any. He's dead. He's <laughs> he's dead before he even enters the ring. So so if he's selling a post-match beatdown or something, it's like on red as he, as he walks out the next week. I want to see like the full body uh, motif, the full body outline somewhere on the Titan Tron. That has like red at the elbow or something. If he's selling an elbow injury, like I want to see, I want to see where he's damaged, where his body parts are damaged at the moment. Go no, because all out. They'll, no, they'll screw it up because then I'll like eat power pills during the match to, you know, get a special. Oh or no. I don't, I no, don't no, want no, no, that. No. Jeff power pills are against the wellness policy. <laughs> what the hell's going on with TNA? Might be for sale, might not. I mean, literally that Jeff, you just, you basically encapsulated the entire thing right there in that one little sentence. I am sometimes pithy. They might be for sale. They might not be. 
They may have already been sold. They may not have already been sold. Billy Corgan may be the owner of TNA next week. He may not be the owner of TNA next week. Alliance MMA may be the owner of TNA next week. Maybe they won't be. Maybe WWE will be. There's a whole lot of stuff going on that we think is going on, but there might not also be that a whole lot of stuff going on. We'll see. We'll see. But all we know is uh, TNA has got one of their biggest pay-per-views. And the reason why I bring this up on this WWE show is not only does it make WWE um, directly related, if WWE does end up somehow purchasing the remnants of TNA, uh, but Cody Rhodes is debuting on Sunday for TNA. Is Brandy as well? I believe she would probably be there. I mean, they've talked about signing her. They tweeted out that they signed Brandy Rhodes and they're, you know, the Rhodes are, you know, putting up all those videos on their Twitter accounts about how Brandy is training to wrestle and how she's coming for the knockouts championship. She's coming to wrestle and win. So yeah, we could probably see Brandy Rhodes on Sunday and we could probably see Cody R on Sunday because hilariously enough, Brandy Rhodes, of course, was Eden Styles in WWE. WWE did not trademark the Brandy Rhodes name. They still own the trademark for the Cody Rhodes name. Cody Rhodes cannot be Cody Rhodes in TNA. He can be Cody. Right. He can be mm-hmm. Cody R. He can be Cody whatever the hell. He can be Cody Runnels, but he cannot be Cody Rhodes. So it is possible that we see Cody Runnels or Cody R or just Cody. No. Do you know how they've done it? How, they, how they're marketing it? So far, they've, they've Cody basically Cody and just, Brandy Rhodes. Yeah. That's that's clever, but you can't always do that. That works no. for like a week when they debut together. But when Cody is in a, I mean, you're not going to be announcing Cody in a match as Cody and Brandy Rhodes is going for a moonsault. No, but you could just say Cody throughout the match. You don't need to go any further than that. No, I went to Bound for Glory in what was it 2011, 2012, one of those two. It was a blast when I was here in San Diego. Oh yeah, it was great. I'm second row hard camera. If you want to rewatch and look for me standing up and applauding a lot. <laughs> I want to I always I so want to put that on a poll so badly. Do no. you want to rewatch Bound for Glory 2011 to go see Jeff, yes or no? But I won't. I'll hold off. You know I love my polls, but I I know where to draw a line, Jeff. That's the one thing I'm really good at is knowing when to draw a line. Would you not agree? Yeah, when when the polls are about <laughs> me. You don't want to do them when they're about draw you. The line. Uh, I draw the line. Yeah. So a lot of craziness going on in TNA. Uh, hopefully they have their show. I mean, Cody Rhodes, uh, you know, is a thing. Uh, he may help them. He may not. I don't see him helping. I mean, Cody Rhodes is not a needle mover to me and that's nothing against him. Cause I, I like Cody Rhodes in WWE. I like the stuff he did with legacy. I, you know, he's fine. He's not a main eventer and that shouldn't be taken as a shot against Cody Rhodes. I know Cody Rhodes personally takes things, uh, and, and thinks that he, you know, folks are taking shots shots at him by saying he's not a main eventer because he believes he is but not everyone can be a main eventer and not everyone is made to be not everyone's made to be the most popular guy you know jeff knows how that is i do the most popular guy on this show that may be so unfortunately we don't have (laughs) polling data for that to to fully tell us if that is the case or not um should I give an update on the eating of the hat? Sure. If you have one. Kinda. I, the hat eating is going to come sometime in October. We're doing, we're doing some things with it. Jeff and I have to work on some things. I still got to get with him a little bit about some ideas we have uh, on how have to idea- best do you this. You have ideas. This is an update to me too, obviously. Well, no, <laughs> I, I haven't gotten with you yet. I've been thinking, let's, okay. So I've been going through uh, a move and, and different things in the, in the real life. 
that have, you know, we've, we've done these shows. You've noticed that we haven't done, uh, all these post pay-per-view shows that we were regularly doing just because there's too many damn pay-per-views, although I'll watch them all. Uh, there's too much going on. There's a lot of stuff going on. So I apologize for not having the post pay-per-view shows lately. Uh, but we will get back, we will get back into the swing of things and a super regular schedule here uh, as we head into the end parts of this year and so forth into 2017. Hold uh, on, you may not you may not be so regular after eating this hat. Well, that that part is true. That was a good one. Yes. That was classic. I hope Cheap Pete steals that joke. <laughs> I hope they do for your benefit and for their listeners' benefit. I hope they steal that joke. But I, I want to thank everyone for their patience. You know, we've been getting out. We've we've stuck to our schedule. We have released to Shake Them Ropes every week. I thought that was going to be near impossible through September. Honestly, there were weeks where I didn't think we were going to do it. I want to thank Rich Kreich for kind of filling in uh, for the one week at the post-Cruiserweight Classic show. Uh, but yeah, we have kept to the schedule all for you guys because uh, if it was just up to me, we may have taken a week off there. Uh, but I I did not want to. I did not want to for the listeners who enjoy our show. So thank you for keeping us going. Uh, but yes, we will. We will. Uh, I'm not hiding. I'm not running away from it. It's not something that we're we're completely ignoring. The old CM Punk bet with the hat eating. We're going to do something with it. Uh, just give us time, and please, we ask for your patience with that. Is that uh, sufficient enough, Jeff? You think? Is that an update? Be Kinda. patient. Be patient. Okay. It's it's going to happen. Well, because I, I was getting a lot of comments. Like, listen, and and on this note, congrats to a former guest of the show and friend of the show, uh, Sean Ross Sapp, uh, verified on the old Twitter verified. machine. Verified. Give me a break. Good for him. You know, <laughs> Give it, yeah, good for him. Uh, but he hosts the show with you on Tuesday nights after SmackDown on the old Fightful.com website. Uh, mm-hmm. And you two do pretty well with that. But he, uh, yeah. I, he was doing a show today with you mm-hmm. and there were some people in the old chat room and people uh, leaving comments on your episode talking about when's Rob going to eat the hat? Where's Rob gone? Now, I haven't gone anywhere. Shake Them Ropes has always been uh, my podcasting focus and it remains to be. And the hat, eating, the hat eating will commence. We will do something with this. I am not hiding. I'm not running away. It's going to happen at some point. Uh, so I wanted to give the update that, yeah, we have not forgotten about it. We're just waiting to do uh, the best that we can do with it, whatever shape it takes, whatever, however we distribute it, whether it's because uh, it's got to be video. No, you know, I could be here on the podcast all day long saying I'm eating a hat. And no one knows that and no one knows any better. Shake Them Ropes Theater presents Rob eating a hat. Yep, 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 yep. Yeah. So let me put together some yeah. ways of uh, videotaping this and some different ways of releasing it. And we it will be out there for you. And hopefully you enjoy it. And uh, hopefully I don't die. It's my, really my eh, biggest hope. Rich did a great job hosting. That's the worst thing that I could ever have done <laughs> is show Jeff that he can do this show with other people. It's the worst that I much could like have ever did, done. Much like you did to me, WrestleMania weekend. So you're busy, man. Listen, you were at WrestleMania this week or this year, and you had a lot going on. Was am I wrong? Like you had a ton going on. There was. Oh, pl- I had- missing buses right (laughs) i mean coordinating an hour every day that you're there and when the show would be an hour you got to have a half an hour before half an hour after just to compose yourself and it takes you out of a rhythm like you were better off not having to do shows that week oh i know i'm just i'm just saying you you had a similar situation that's true i did have a similar situation we made our way through it um, on the cruiserweight note, before we move on, uh, we'll do our top 100 match. And then we got a couple of questions, uh, at the end oh, of the well. show. 
Am I going to watch this match? I mean, we're going to kind of do it. We're going to kind of do it. We're going to take a different uh, track, a different track on it, uh, if you will. Um, okay. On the cruiserweights, before we completely uh, stop talking about those, Survivor Series is coming up. It's a month and a half away. They have all these guys in the cruiserweight division, and you're probably not going to have multiple cruiserweight matches on a Survivor Series show that also features SmackDown talent. Would it be a cool idea to see a cruiserweight Survivor Series match, a five-on-five cruiserweight elimination match? I'd bank on it. I would, I would absolutely bank on it. I'd put money on that in Vegas if we were on the board. Maybe even a uh, a match to determine uh, a title challenger in some way, or maybe you have uh, the champions team of, of TJ Perkins being a leader versus whoever TJ Perkins' biggest challenger is. Maybe you don't even have a cruiserweight championship on the show. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I can see people complaining if there's no cruiserweight title match on Survivor Series on a big four show, but I think you're fine doing a cruiserweight little highlight of the division match. Five on five, TJ Perkins involved, cruiserweights versus cruiserweights, because you know there's going to be 13 matches on this show, Raw and SmackDown. You got to find room for everybody, and this is a good way to find room for the Rich Swans and the Cedric Alexanders and Brian Kendrick all in one match. Graham Metalik, you know, Graham Metalik, who should be in by that time. Uh, this is a This is a big time way to highlight that division, so I hope that we do see it. Is it possible on that that one of those team captains might be a very special one-off appearance by one Kota Ibushi? Maybe. Maybe bring in Kota Ibushi. You have Johnny mm-hmm. Gargano up. You have Tommaso Ciampa up. There's a, there's a number of different ways you can go. What I'm worried about, though, and I hope this does not happen, is that if they do a cruiserweight elimination match on Survivor Series, we don't keep hearing people complain about how there's no cruiserweight title match. Because I think it'll really be okay. Mm-hmm. And maybe we'll see a cruiserweight title match. We don't know. It's a month and a half away. Do you think they know? Probably not. I mean, they got no, no mercy coming up on the ninth. Do you think they know what the card's fully going to be for that yet? Yeah, I do. All right, maybe the card, but do they know what they're going to do with the results? I don't know. I don't know. No. We'll wait and see. Is Kurt Hawkins going to wrestle on no mercy? That's what I want to know. That might be his announcement. Could be the big announcement. I'm coming. God, I hope he wrestles Baron Corbin or Kane. Mm-hmm. Speaking That'll of which, speaking of which, by the way, WWE main event this week, Baron Corbin versus Kane. It happened. It finally oh, it happened? happened. It finally this happened. Is the, this is the blow off to the teased feud. I was there, it, was I, it? Yes. Was there a winner? Uh, I don't know. I don't want to spoil it every uh, for everyone out there because I don't believe main event airs in the UK till Fridays. Maybe I'm wrong on that. Uh, I know it's on Hulu later tonight here on Wednesday as we record this. But uh, yeah, I was texted from a from a uh, visitor to SmackDown yesterday that Baron Corbin and Kane was actually happening because they know my huge fandom of both Baron Corbin and Kane. So they had to give me the top secret scoops. And I thank them for doing so. Jeff, you watched the wrong match. (laughs) How do you feel? And I'll watch it now and we'll do it if you want. I don't want to. I don't want to. It's completely okay. My idea coming into this show was let Jeff talk about Ric Flair and Ricky Steamboat uh, from from Wrestle War 1989. And I would talk about how cool it was to see Ricky Steamboat come back. Because obviously, you know, I've said it on the show many times. I didn't start watching wrestling until 1997. And as I started watching wrestling, I would go back and rent videotapes of late 80s and early 90s WWF pay-per-views from Blockbuster because they would have like you know, WrestleMania of 1991 
and they would have oh, yeah. Survivor Series and all these videotapes. And that's how I kind of knew who the older guys were before the age of the internet and when the internet really took off. And, you know, as we, time goes on, especially now with the WWE Network, I can watch a lot of the old stuff. And I've been watching the old stuff, you know, since 2000 and beyond. But at the time, Ricky Steamboat to me was nobody. I didn't really know who Ricky Steamboat was until about 2003, 2004, when he started appearing for Ring of Honor. I hadn't watched that much Ricky Steamboat. I, yeah. I knew of the Randy Savage Ricky Steamboat match. I knew of the big ones, but I didn't know the true history of Ricky Ricky Steamboat. And what I wanted to do this uh, this week, as well as in a future week, because number eleven on our top one hundred countdown is Ricky Steamboat Ric Flair from the Chi Town Rumble. Right now we're on match number seventeen. It is the top one hundred matches to see before you die available on WWE Network. This was a WWE populated list that we have been running down for the last year and a half. Uh, Ricky Steamboat Ric Flair from Wrestle War 1989, the second match from Wrestle War 1989 that we're discussing on this very show. But what I thought would be a cool idea is when we get to match number 11, we discuss the similarities and differences between these two matches. Because as you know, Jeff, the longer mm-hmm. matches back in the 80s and so, because you didn't have the proliferation of wrestling on TV and you were doing a lot of these longer matches on house shows, they could go and do an hour of a slow-paced match that was the same every time. It could be like the same hour-long oh, match yeah. every single time they do it. But now you have these big two matches that are both on on pay-per-view, Wrestle War as well as the Chi-Town Rumble, going back to see how they differentiated each match, maybe what was the same in each match, what was the story in each match. I think that would be a cool thing to, uh, to go back and forth on but okay. we want to do that when we get to the Chi Town Rumble match because right now we've only watched for our purposes here the one match. Uh, now, of course, it could be cool uh, in this instance because you watched one of them and I watched the other one. You right. watched match number eleven, the Chi Town Rumble match. I watched the Wrestle War nineteen eighty nine match, but not trying to pass off and make it easy on us. I think for our show. The best thing for us to do is when match number 11 comes along is we talk about both of these matches together. The similarities, okay. the differences, how yeah. each match was promoted, the result of each match, where each guy went from there, and how they tied in together. I think that's what I want to do with match number 17 and match number 11. What do you think? I'm fine with that. I think Wrestle War is actually the second match, though, of the of the trifecta. I think Chi-Town well, Rumble is the first, I know, which and, makes and it difficult to give background. Exactly. On. But it makes it give it makes it difficult to give background. And, and, you know, for us talking match number two and then later on trying to talk match number one, because a lot of what we would reference on match number two came from match number one that we're not going to talk right. about for two months. Right. Yeah. So we're going to do match number 17 and match number 11 together. This has nothing to do with uh, Jeff watching the wrong match. It just so happened that he did, which is fine. I've watched the wrong match before. What was I? There was one match where I watched the wrong one. Yeah, and and it was the same. It was the same competitors. Yeah. And you just watched the wrong one. I just watched the wrong one. Maybe it was, uh, I don't know, Bret Hart and somebody, I think. I feel like it was a Bret Hart match, but I'm not entirely sure. Uh, But yeah, we uh, we will watch both matches together when match number 11 comes along. Uh, Ricky Steamboat, Ric Flair, Wrestle yeah, War 1989. An, ex- an, an extended look at both matches, I think, probably, because just comparing and contrasting will we'll have a lot to right. go on. Because just even looking at your, looking at who your crew was for your <laughs> your match, you had you had Ross and Cottle for Wrestle War 89, correct? Yeah. yeah. 
This is uh, Jim Ross and Magnum TA. Ugh. Yeah. I'm not looking forward to the old TA on commentary. Uh, and, plus, and plus, it sounds like they're sharing a microphone the whole time. So, so TA's audio is down, but the, the, the match I've watched, you know, was fantastic. And, uh, and just as a teaser for that week, uh, when you watch it, uh, start at the, at the time, time point I gave you, but, uh, front row, hard camera, Brad muster, the running back for the Chicago bears, who was drafted that year, but flanking him, a very young Dave Meltzer and a very young Dr. Lucha, Steve Sims. Which will be interesting, but we'll get to that. Uh, not to blue ball you too much, because I apologize <laughs> for now. I'm it's so okay. mad at myself right now. You don't know. This you also no gives idea. it gives you, the listener, some insight into our show prep is where we didn't discuss if Jeff watched the right match or not until Jeff was doing his intro on this very podcast. Well, you've lied to me about watching the match before, I think. You said, I didn't watch it after the show. And I just went, oh, you suck. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, no. So that is not true. I have never faked my way through one of these. <laughs> I think you fake your way through half the Raws we talk about, but that's Ever. just me. What I, is our correct match next week? I please? watched all of Raw. I watched all of Raw this week. I watched all. Of, I watch all the shows. It's been that difficult in the middle. It, it, I hate Raw. It was not the best. It. I I did not enjoy the finish. I also I will tell you though, Big Cass and Enzo, the promo battle with Chris Jericho. I <laughs> maybe I'm. This is why I am the market for WWE. I'm not trying to be a WWE shill. I enjoy aspects of TNA. I really love New Japan. I follow New Japan. I just, it's not part of our show. I like wrestling of all around, but sometimes WWE will just get me. And that Enzo and Cass go back and forth with Chris Jericho got me. Yeah, I was laughing. Yeah, I was trying to hide the laughter as the girlfriend was sitting next to me. Loved it. Loved it. And then they had to wrestle. And then Enzo had to wrestle the entire match. Oh, my favorite part about that is Kevin Owens say he still belongs in NXT. Yep. I thought that was yelling great. right in his face, yelling to the ref like the ref was going to do something about it. He's yelling at the ref like count him out. He belongs in NXT as if the ref is going to be like, you know what? You're right. I should just count him out. That and I don't know if you caught, but when, when Jericho hands the scarf, Owens the scarf <laughs> and Owens just throws it behind his head. I was hoping he would do that because part of me was looking at the Kevin Owens, Chris Jericho dynamic and thinking mm-hmm. that Kevin Owens is being told to, yes, be super campy with Chris Jericho, act like you really are his best friend, do everything he does. But no, that was one of the moments where you realize Kevin Owens will be himself. Kevin Owens knows that Chris Jericho is a goofball, that he's being overly campy, and he's still his friend, but he's not going to go along with every campy thing Chris Jericho does. And the scarf is right. one of them. He's going to he's right. gonna gladly take the scarf right to Chris Jericho's face, act like he's his best friend. Chris Jericho turns around. Kevin Owens throws the scarf away because, yeah, it's a freaking scarf. What are you handing me this for? I love it. <laughs> I love those two together. I don't... Uh, what is our match next week? I'm, uh, I'll get it. Our I'll top 100 match next week is Bret Hart versus Owen Hart from WrestleMania 10. Great. Love that match. Looking forward to it. I will watch the correct match. Watch the correct. This is also our second match from WrestleMania 10, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Well, Ramon and we uh, had Ramon and HBK, HBK in the ladder yeah. match not too long ago that like only a mm-hmm. few matches ago we had that one. So we're getting Look, you're- you're getting nothing but great matches from here on out. Yeah, so, we're in the I mean, top it, 11. We're in the top uh, 17 at this point. So we're in the top 17. It's all great matches from here on out. I don't believe there's another Goldberg match on the list, which is sad. Here it comes again. Lunch. 
Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations. Limited time only. Plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.